Every business wants good customer reviews. Every customer wants a good experience. So what happens when both sides click? Or in some cases, when they don't? From Yelp and Entrepreneur Media, this is Behind the Review. Koshkovic, Yelp small business expert. Normally, I pick one review on Yelp and talk to the entrepreneur and the reviewer about the story and business lessons behind their interaction. But this week, I'm having a conversation with Jeff Toyster, an author and expert in all things customer service. Let's give our conversation a listen. Jeff is a service culture guide. He helps organizations get their employees obsessed with customer service. And he's also an author of a handful of books. He just has a real range of expertise, both in storytelling and giving you actionable operational steps that you can take back to your business to grow your customer service approach and deepen that relationship that your employees have with your customers. So again, thank you so much, Jeff, for joining us. Can you give these folks a little background on your expertise in the topic we're going to cover today, which is evaluating and breaking down your reviews in order to glean insights and learnings about what you're doing well and maybe what you're not doing so well. I'll toss it over to you to give us some context and color behind this expertise of yours. Well, Emily, thank you. I really appreciate that. My background and and part of where I've gotten really obsessed with customer feedback is that if we want to be obsessed with service, we need to know what our customers are thinking about our business and our products and what they're saying about our business and products. And so part of what I've done over the years with clients is help them understand customer feedback and make it actionable. And I'm excited that we're going to be talking about a process today to do just that. Me too. And before we even dig into the process itself, I love to call out some blockers or some things that I know business owners struggle with when it comes to this topic, because it's not just like, let's sit down and evaluate our reviews. It's like, well, what else can I remove from my to-do list? Have time for that, et cetera. So Can you start by giving me a little story of the why? Why is this important? Why should I care about this as a business owner? Why do I need to find time for this? Well, it's going to save you time and it's going to improve your business. And I'll give you a a real example. I was recently contacted by a restaurant chain with five locations. So a small business, but not a tiny one. And they had been getting a lot of negative reviews lately. Their overall rating across the five locations for on Yelp was 3.4 stars, which isn't terrible, but not great. And then the recent reviews, I think, were even worse than that. And so the request was, let's get all the employees together and we'll do some customer service training for our front of the house staff. Now, think about how much time goes into customer service training, how much effort, how much expense. And one of the things that I did before talking to this client was I analyzed their Yelp reviews. And I used the process we'll talk about in just a moment. And I made a very surprising and interesting discovery. 
when I looked at reviews, both the negative ones and the positive ones, there were still plenty of positive ones. What customers complained about was not service. In fact, many of the negative reviews specifically called out great service. Despite everything, our server was fantastic. What customers were most upset about was food quality. The menu had changed. The recipes had changed. Longtime customers said it's simply not as good anymore. New customers had heard the hype, had gone to a restaurant location and had a bad experience in terms of the food, how well it tasted, the cost of certain menu items. And when I came back to the client, my feedback was, I don't think you need to do this customer service training. So think of the the time and expense that was saved. Now, on the other hand, they have some new insight I hope they'll take advantage of, which is you really need to look closely both at your menu and all the chefs that you have working at five locations to make sure they're making delicious food and doing it consistently well, because that's what customers are really upset about. That's such an impactful story because I think that happens a lot. We can't be the eyes and ears everywhere in our business. Even sometimes our solopreneurs out there can't see and know everything because sometimes a customer isn't upfront with you. Sometimes in person, they're acting like everything's fine and you know they change their opinion. So reviews and feedback in many forms can be useful to glean insights. And like you said, to find out what your customers think. It makes me think of this story. I worked with a guy who owned a tapas restaurant, small plates, and he had never been in the restaurant biz before. He was actually from more of the corporate world, but he wanted to open this business. He found the right partners to kind of do that side of things, but he was really zoned in on evaluating feedback and One of their menu items was three meatballs for $15. Imagine like a jumbo meatball, right? They changed their menu a couple of months in and then meatballs became an a la carte item. So $5 per meatball, you order however many you want. They started getting a couple of reviews of feedback saying the price is so expensive, but that had never happened in the other menu formatting. They changed it back. They never heard anything about price again particular to that menu item. And it's a really weird thing. It's all about customer perception, right? And granted, it had to be more than one person saying it. It wasn't like they just took one person's word in it. And on the flip side, they're a farm to table concept. So some people just think they're expensive in general. And for those people, they have to explain like, well, we're farm to table. That's why the price is higher. And that is something they're not going to change, right? They're not going to adapt that element of their business. So evaluating feedback, hearing your customers' opinions, and then deciding which opinions are valid and worthwhile is kind of what this whole process is about. So I'm super excited to dive in. One last thing, because I know you're a great debunker of this myth. If I have a couple hundred reviews and I'm going to commit to doing this process with you, what kind of time are we talking about? Like, how quickly can I evaluate these reviews? And what is maintenance going to look like going forward, do you think? Well, you should be so lucky to have a couple hundred reviews, I think. Let's start there. Pat yourself on the back. Let's assume most of them are pretty positive because generally Yelp reviews are positive. We get negative ones, but a lot of them are positive. I found the process that we're about to talk about, I can do a few hundred reviews in about 30 minutes and really get an accurate picture of some very consistent themes. I think for most small business owners, if if you're doing this once a week, you're probably only getting a few reviews a week. It's a really fast and easy way to be on top of trends. 
And the time that you're going to save and the improvements that you're going to make, I think more than pay for anything that you do. And as an example, my wife and I are shopping for artificial turf for our yard. And of course, I go to Yelp. I find highly rated companies. I read through the reviews. And one of the interesting things about the reviews that I've seen on these artificial turf companies is a lot of the more negative comments are about the sales process. Now, if I'm running a turf company, these are reviews from customers I never got. I never had a chance to provide them with customer service because I lost the bid. Wouldn't you want to know that the salesperson didn't show up, wasn't trustworthy, didn't quote uh, what they said they were going to quote or, or any number of problems that are causing you to lose out on those bids? I might spend 30 minutes to win a few more bids. So I think if you're doing this right, it's going to more than pay for itself and you really don't have to spend more than 30 minutes a week doing this. I love it. Today, we're going to walk you all through the high-level process. We're going to break down what you can do systematically at home or what you can delegate a team member to do to get a sense of what's going on with your existing reviews. And then Jeff and I are actually going to do this in person with some business owners as well. So we will link to that in the show notes once it is live, and you'll be able to actually watch us do this with a real business example. But for today, let's just dive right into this process, Jeff. It's a very simple five-step process. And I love your first step because it also helps educate business owners on how Yelp reviews are displayed and sorted. So I'll kick it over to you. What is the first step in this five-step process of evaluating your reviews? Well, if you're listening to this podcast, one thing I'd recommend is as a a bit of pre-work is go to your business's Yelp page and follow along with us. And even if you have to pause the audio for just a moment, bring up that page, go to your reviews. And the very first step I would suggest once you get to your reviews, the default is is what's called Yelp sort. I think that's the default, right, Emily? Yeah, and actually Yelp Yelp sort sort is going to be showing reviews based on what you searched for as a keyword. And it's also going to prioritize reviews if you're connected to someone who's written a review for the business. It's also going to make sure that the first review displayed is of equal or higher star rating than your overall page star rating. So a nice tidbit for business owners, but not helpful if I'm trying to understand current trends. So the first step you want to do is go to that where it says Yelp sort at the top of your reviews and change that to newest first. I want to see the latest reviews. And, and the reason is a review from, let's say, a year ago might not be relevant today. Maybe new employees are involved, the product's different, or any number of things could have changed over that period of time. So I want to make sure I'm looking at the newest reviews first so that I can focus my attention on those. Absolutely. So once we have our reviews sorted, what are we doing next? I'm looking, for everyone who's listening, I'm looking at this sheet of paper with words and check marks, but... (laughs) It's a really easy, simple process. What is step two, Jeff? So our goal when we look at these reviews is to go beyond just reading each one individually and kind of deciding on its own merits. Oh, I agree with that customer. That's good feedback. Or no, I think they're exaggerating a little bit. What we want to do is pull out some overall trends and themes. And a very simple way to do that is through what I call a check sheet. Now, my preference is to get 
a piece of paper so that I can look at the reviews and write on the piece of paper at the same time. But you can do it any number of ways that works for you. So if you're following along, you want to do this for your own business. What I do is, is I create five columns, one for each type of star rating. So if you're looking at Yelp reviews, you have one, two, three, four, and five star reviews are the possibilities. And so I create a column for each one. And then what I do is I go through each review one by one, and I try to pull out specific themes that I'm seeing in that review. So let's go back to a restaurant example. And with this recent restaurant, let's say the first review and the newest first is a four-star review. Pretty good. I look at what the customer specifically says, and they might say, the service was really good. The food was a little bland. And so what I'm going to write on my check sheet was first service, they called out service. So I'll write the word service, and then I'll put a little plus sign next to it, meaning it was positive sentiment. They liked the service. And then I'll write food right below that, and I'll put a minus next to food, meaning the sentiment was negative. So even though I got a four-star review, the customer's really telling me two things. I love the service. The food ah, could be a little bit better. Now we go to the next review, and let's say it's a three-star review. And they say, you know, that food is just not as good as it used to be. So I might say, okay, that's negative again. So under the column for three, I'll write food again, a minus sign because it's negative sentiment. And then I might look for other things that they say. And they'll say, you know what? And on top of that, I had to wait 30 minutes and they didn't even seem busy. So I'll write wait time right under there and right under that column for three, because it's a three-star review. And again, I'll put a minus sign because it's negative sentiment. And as I go through each review, I start writing more and more keywords. And you might find yourself looking at some of the details, like they'll say, this particular dish was bad, this particular dish was good. At this level, I think that slows you down a little bit. I just say, hey, they're talking about the food. Was it positive or negative? And then as I go to the next review, let's say I go back and I see another four-star review. And again, they say the service is great. Instead of writing service again, I'll just put a little check mark. So now I can see, okay, two different four-star reviews talked about service as a positive quality. And so at the end of this, I've got this sheet with five columns and it has the themes for both negative and positive sentiment and how often customers with different types of reviews mention those items. And so what I found, for example, at this restaurant was that across the board, people are saying generally good things about service, but the negative reviews in particular talked about how bad the food was. And even the positive reviews were not effusive. They said the food was okay. And so going through that process, I can see what's driving negative reviews, what's driving positive reviews. And that tells me I got to fix the negative stuff and probably focus on making the positive stuff more of a strength. Yeah. And what I love about this process is a few things, but with the pen and paper method, especially First of all, I love the pen and paper method always. So I'm a big fan. But I think for those of you that are maybe split between technology and doing it written, when you're doing it written, you're creating this really cool visual for yourself where you can show a staff member or a colleague or another manager and they can easily see what's happening in front of them, right? When I worked in hotel management before joining Yelp, I was with Marriott. And so we would do guest evaluation all the time and we would get these word bubble appearances, which I know many of you have probably seen. You can dump a bunch of data into these 
word machines and they'll show you frequently used words larger and kind of a scaled down version. So you can certainly do this same part of the process that we're talking about in an Excel sheet, for example, and turn it into a pivot table or whatever works for you. But I think going through the process of breaking down reviews by star rating and then breaking down the star rating by topic and then positive or negative is a great way to get yourself this visual of where you're thriving and where you're falling short. So I just love this concept of evaluating it at a very high level, but how easily the trends become apparent when you're looking at the data. I also like what you mentioned about being mindful of time and historical, like how far we're going back. I know that you pointed out, which I let's reiterate the fact that a lot of businesses are dealing in the tens of reviews, right? That's probably the more common and more normal experience. Some might be in the hundreds, but regardless, do you kind of have a frame of time that's worth going back? Does it depend on the quantity? What are your thoughts on that as far as evaluating data? My number one rule for data is whether or not it's useful. And so I think the time horizon is probably going to be dependent on a number of factors. Certainly how many reviews you get, but also your particular business. You know, a restaurant probably just going to get more reviews than a company that say sells solar. You know, because the company that sells solar, they might have a sales cycle from sales to installation and connection that's two to three months where the restaurant is one evening or or one lunchtime. So your particular business cycle might also influence how far back you go. I think as a business owner, just ask yourself, what's the distance that I want to go back or the time frame I want to go back where that data would still be useful in terms of helping me identify current trends? And then go back to what you had brought up, I think, earlier, which is once you do this exercise as a baseline, if I'm doing this once a week and I'm only getting a few reviews per week, then the exercise really doesn't take long at all. And now it's on, we're on a weekly basis. So I think for the time horizon, we're probably just talking about the first time you do it. But after that, if you do it as a weekly maintenance item, it's not really that difficult and you're only looking back another week. Yep, that's great. Okay, so step three, looking at the themes or identifying the themes rather, can you walk us through this part of the process and what we're really trying to accomplish at this step? Really what we want to do here is is understand what's driving positive and negative sentiment. So positive sentiment, those are those positive reviews, the customers who love your business, who want to come back. I want to know what's driving that because I want to do more of it. On the other hand, I also want to know what's driving negative sentiment. When people are leaving negative reviews, why are they leaving negative reviews? What hot button issues tend to cause that? And if we look carefully, even five-star reviews will sometimes have constructive feedback. They love our business. They don't wish us any harm. That's why they gave us five stars. But within their comments, they might say, you know, there's a couple of things that you could do better. And so I want to understand what those positive and negative trends are, because that, that's going to tell me where to, to dive deeper. This is one of the reasons why I like doing this by hand, because it's also forcing me to read each review. If I do it by machine, I just get the trends. Oh, they talked about food in 30% of reviews, but I don't know exactly what they said about food or how they characterized it. So I like doing it by hand for that reason when I'm looking for trends. 
I'm so glad you mentioned that. And especially the part about feedback in a positive review, because I honestly had an oversight on that when we were first planning this episode, I hadn't really given that much thought, but when you do your identifying, you can easily see that with the minus symbol, if you will. And that feedback might be quote unquote more valuable in some ways because it is a customer that loves you and they're taking this opportunity to provide feedback, but in a positive lens. So if you don't do it manually to begin with, you don't have that context of what the notation is on positive or negative. That's so important. I'm glad you mentioned that. So the next step is one of my favorites, mainly just because of the title, Investigate. This is the stage where you get to stop reading text and making checks and you get to do the work in your business. Can you walk us through what this stage is all about? Really, when we're investigating, we want to understand a little bit beyond the review. Because when customers are reviewing, they're not always great at telling their story. Sometimes they exaggerate a little bit. Sometimes they leave out some of the details. So we want to really get a sense of of what's really happening. So we'll go back to this, this restaurant I told you about. Let's find out why are people complaining about the food? And there's probably a few things that we could look at. One is, are all of our chefs making the recipes consistently? You know, maybe we have a couple of new people that are missing a key step and it doesn't turn out well when they make it. And it's great when everyone else does. The second thing we might consider is perhaps we've substituted some lower priced ingredients to save cost. That's a big concern for businesses right now. Those lower priced ingredients don't taste as good. And we might need to make some difficult decisions about whether we need to buy more expensive ingredients, raise our prices or, or do something else. The third possibility might be that our menu is just bad. We've made some menu changes. We thought they would be good and our customers were not happy. And so you really have to dig deeper to figure that out. And your reviews alone might not be enough to tell you that. Now, the other thing we we should consider is, you know, those are some negatives. We should also investigate some positives. Again, with this restaurant, there were a lot of positive reviews about service. You know, even the one or two star reviews would mention, hey, I got great service. And so what I would probably do is look at the reviews, especially where they mention some more details, like an employee by name, et cetera. I might go find out what are they doing that's getting them mentioned in a positive way. Can I share those lessons with everybody else? Or in this day and age when people are leaving businesses in record numbers, maybe those star employees are at risk And I got to get to them and make them feel valued before they decide to give their notice. So really investigating means taking those themes and doing a deeper dive outside the reviews to understand what's really going on. Yeah, I think that's so important. Our last step here is take action, which is the perfect final step. Can you share some examples of what taking action looks like and maybe what some of the outcomes of this work might be for the listeners? You know, it's one thing to know what the themes are, but if you don't do anything with it, then you're not able to improve your business. And I I think at the end of the day, it's not just about the reviews. It's about using the reviews to broadcast a positive signal to more customers. And when customers do give our business a try, we want to learn from those past experiences so that we accentuate our positives. And we also try to eliminate some of the problems. And that's really where take action 
comes into play. So I'll give you an example. A restaurant found out that uh, despite really high ratings, people consistently talked about the wait time. And essentially, if you didn't have a reservation, probably we're going to wait a really long time. Now, for any restaurant, this is a challenge because we only have so much space. But what they figured out they could do was add extra seating in the bar that was not part of the reservation system. So they always had a little extra space for people to come in, maybe grab a quick bite at the bar, enjoy a drink while they were waiting. And it took those wait time complaints down considerably. Now you can do this, I think, with other businesses as well, taking action based on the feedback that you're getting from your customers. As an example, I was going to get my car detailed and the day before I get a call from the detailing service and they said, hey, just to let you know, rain is in the forecast tomorrow. Do you still want to do it or maybe we should postpone it? I thought that was such a, a great thing. And I realized later on, that they had done that because they had gotten feedback from customers who were upset. Oh, I got my car detailed and now it rained. So they had used that feedback to say, well, we're not in charge of the rain. What can we do? And one thing is just to check their weather report and anticipate problems. And so it's that taking action part that can really allow you to improve your business, win more customers. And when you do win them, to make sure you retain them. A great example to illuminate the power of that. I also think that for so many of us, take action might feel like reacting to someone's negative feedback, but you always make the really good point of taking action on the things you're doing well, amplifying the things that people love about you, making that your competitive advantage. And I think that's actually a good way for us to kind of wrap up here. We did another episode together, leveraging reviews to unlock your competitive advantage. So I'll encourage people to check that out. But where can people connect with you, find you, and hear more of your stories that might help them get some better customer service practices going on in their own business. The easiest way for people to find me is at toystersolutions.com. And if you go to my website, I have a weekly email that I send out. It's called Customer Service Tip of the Week. It's free for anyone to to subscribe. And all it is, is it's one tip via email once per week. And what I like about it is it just gives you one little thing to focus on, a reminder, maybe a different way of approaching things that can help your business. And a lot of business owners find this is something I can share with my team in in team meetings, in stand-ups, in huddles. And often it's a, a twist on something we're already doing. So as an example, I recently uncovered some research that said, if there is a small inconvenience, rather than saying, I'm sorry, we can often get better results by saying, thank you. As it like, thank you for waiting. I appreciate your patience. And so I share those types of tips in the weekly email. And the best part is you can reply to any of those emails and your message will go directly to my inbox and we can start a conversation. So it's an easy way to get in contact with me as well. So Toyster Solutions and look for my weekly tips. I love that. Weekly tips are great. And I also love that you mentioned stand-up. Just as a reminder, everyone, this stuff is great for you to know, but it's even better for your team to be looped in on. So 
How can you chat with them in a more frequent manner? Do you have a daily standup? Do you have a format that you can check in with them and share some of these learnings? This has been awesome, Jeff. Is there anything at all that I didn't let you share about how to take advantage of reviews and listening to your customers? Anything about implementing those things back in your business or tracking trends that I didn't give you a chance to share? I think one thing that I wish more business owners realized is the power of their frontline employees. If we get some negative reviews, sometimes the tendency is to go to those employees, get angry with them and make it a confrontation. And what I would suggest is when you get your reviews and you do your analysis, go to your employees and ask them for their contribution, for their input. I found that if you sincerely ask employees for their input and feedback and they believe you're there to help, They tend to be pretty honest with you and let you know exactly what's getting in the way of great service or great experience. And they tend to be a lot more on board with any ideas that come out of it. So go to your employees. They're the ones that talk to customers every day. They probably have a lot of great insights and they appreciate it if you're willing to listen. And that concludes our episode. Be sure to subscribe so you get new episodes every Thursday. I hope you enjoyed it and were able to take a thing or two away to implement in your own life, whether it's a new idea that you can bring back to your business or a fresh perspective on how to be a positive influence as a consumer. We share these stories to inspire and create more meaningful connections in your local community. For more information about today's business or to connect with me, check out the show notes. This episode featured a conversation with Jeff Toyster. To learn more about the episode, check out the episode blog post. And don't forget to subscribe so you get an alert each Thursday when a new episode comes out. To claim your own Yelp business page and start engaging with consumers, visit business.yelp.com. We have a special offer for our listeners who are interested in trying Yelp advertising. Use code BTRPOD300 to get started today. That's B-T-R-P-O-D 300 to get started today. And a $300 upfront credit will be applied instantly. Charges apply once credit is used, cannot be combined with other offers. Any unused credit expires 90 days from date of acceptance. Eligible businesses only, subject to Yelp's master advertising terms. Our theme song is performed by Ali Schwartz and produced by Robbie G of Messerol Sound. The show was produced and edited by Entrepreneur Media.